T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Especially when it comes to the big metropolitan areas like Greater Chicago, we often ask and even expect our public schools to do and be everything for our children. It's not just about lesson plans, school lunches, and gym classes. Students can need help with things like mental health issues, wellness, college and career readiness, and such. It would be wonderful if every school had the resources needed to meet every need, but they often can use some help. This weekend, we'll talk about organizations banding together to provide it. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. On October 5th, Chicago public school teachers, staff members, and leaders from community organizations will gather at Malcolm X Colleges to share knowledge and provide opportunities for schools around the city. There will be a so-called resource fair underway under the banner of Communities and Schools of Chicago, a nonprofit group. The occasion gives us a chance to look at how schools can do everything we ask of them and who can help. Joining me via Zoom conferencing are three of the participants. Robin Kelsch is Senior Director of Partnerships for Communities and Schools of Chicago. CIS is all about partnerships, as you'll hear. We also have with us Yolanda Ware, school counselor and site coordinator for Henderson Elementary Schools, and Therese Marski, program coordinator for Math Motivators, one of the partners. Thanks to all three of you for doing this. Uh, Robin Kelsch, first, give us an overview of what CIS uh, for uh, of Chicago is. We've spoken with your group before when the topic was student mental health, but I know the pro portfolio is quite broad. Yeah, thank you so much. We're so excited to be here. So Communities and Schools is a national nonprofit organization dedicated to removing barriers so that students and, and full school communities are able to take advantage of the services and programs and resources that they need. And here in Chicago, we are actually very honored to be partnering with 200 CPS schools this school year uh, and working to connect our no cost resources and services delivered by our absolutely amazing and dedicated community partners. So we do this work to really meet the needs of our schools and students and allow our schools to be the experts of their communities and lead the way. Well, Yolanda Ware, uh, teachers, uh, some 70 teachers are expected at the resource fair. So explain how this kind of fair uh, can help uh, schools get the resources they need. Hello, and I'm, this, this fair is like huge for Chicago Public Schools and us school counselors. This, the resource fair will be an opportunity for us to access services and tools that are needed to fill in the gaps of what we don't have here in the building. For, for me, I like to think of our school as the hub, school as the hub of the community and where we can provide 
access to healthcare services, medicals, dental, eyeglasses, and visions. Um, they help us provide teen dating violence prevention services. And it also helps connect us to academic resources, which are, uh, many of our students are academically deficient. And so it helps to fill in the gaps. Um, Therese Marski, organizations like yours are among those that provide the services. Explain what your nonprofit does and how you work with the schools. So um, Math Motivators is just one of the programs of the Actual Foundation, and we're providing a volunteer-driven free math tutoring program to students in grades pretty much like 4 through 12 um, with a focus on middle and high school students. And we do this by connecting professionals with strong math backgrounds to students who wouldn't otherwise have access to tutors. Um. Yolanda Ware, I want to go back to you for a second, um, because with schooling back face-to-face -face now, it brings with it so many challenges. And talk about what you are seeing in the schools and how many more resources you may need to, uh, to handle these students who have been really away from school for a while. Yeah, Craig, it's so unfortunate that many of our kids have become even more academically deficient as a result of them being out for almost two years from the pandemic. I think I was sharing with a friend earlier that many of our first kindergarten and first graders, they'd lost two years of schools. They missed the opportunity to have preschool and kindergarten, which is so foundational. And so tutoring programs that'll come in and help fill the gap. Um, Real Men Read, Volunteers of America. These are some of the resources that we can get from communities and schools and math motivators. They will come in and help us fill those academic gaps, but also programs, mental health programs, teen dating violence prevention programs, programs like the Illinois Council Against Handgun Violence. These are also essential programs to help us build academic and social emotional learning skills. Uh, Robin Kelsch, talk about the kind of range of, uh, of things that, the, uh, that communities and schools can do for schools like this. Yeah, and, and I think what's really key here is that we allow those schools, uh, not allow them, but really give them the, the, the stage to say exactly what their needs are. And so as Ms. Ware was talking about filling the gaps, that's what we're here to do, right? My favorite question to ask a school partner is what's going great in your school? What makes you come back every day? Um, and we know that we probably don't need to do too much work on those things that are so great, right? But in terms of those gaps, we wanna fill, they range in, in focus, but we are looking to uh, continue to partner with and connect services around the arts, behavioral mental health, college and career readiness, academic enrichment, uh, health and wellness and your physical health and well-being, and of course, uh, meeting those basic needs that our families and students um, need support with. Um, Therese Marski, uh, how much more challenging is it to uh, deal with math in a time when kids are coming back amid COVID fears and among and are far behind? Uh, what's that like? So we really have to um, let our, our volunteer tutors know that um, the students might not be at the grade level that you're expecting them to be at with their math skills. And so that they should, you know, really take a step back, kind of see where the students are, 
um, and be prepared to help them go back and learn some of the basic core math skills um, in addition to what they might be learning in class. And, and the teachers are, are really appreciative of the opportunity that they have to get these students some extra help to get them back to where they need to be. Um, Yolanda Ware, do this, first off, do the students uh, appreciate uh, the kind of help they're getting? Are they embracing it? Um, are the teachers embracing it in your school? Yes, they are. Um, kids are happy to be back at school. We are happy to be back. Um, one of the things I realized was that coming to work, when you work at a school, you really like the kids, you realize that the, the kids and your coworkers are like your family and you're watching your kids grow up. And <laughs> she's, she's at school, so we're, we're, we're <laughs> I'm sorry, you're watching them grow up, but we learn to embrace each other and our relationships. And as we grow, you know, we have ups and downs and challenges, but again, we're family. And that's what happens in families. And so we embrace the challenges. And as we build relationships and community, it makes it more conducive to learning. That relationship lays the foundation to where a kid is ready to learn because they really don't care about how much we know as much as they care about how much we care. And so providing that foundation makes it uh, it makes it, you know, conducive to learning. Just as a sidebar, my biggest joke is that when we came back, we came back to play with each other. We came back to teach and to be counselors and professionals, but we also came back to just have fun with each other. And as, as part of that, I mean, what are your kids uh, clamoring for? What is it that's exciting them now that they are back? What are the things that they're asking for? And maybe the things that you may have to ask communities and schools for math math motivators is essential kids love i just had one of my high schoolers. she's a junior now she graduated from here and she's in high school now but loves math she said she's just sat here and said i've never had anything less than an a in math miss Ware. <laughs> never think, never anything less than a but that's amazing that's amazing so they're cramming they're cramp they're yearning for learning but they're also yearning for relationship yep and connection I, and community robin kelch and i yeah i cannot help myself miss ware and i are on the same page i feel like she's inside my brain but it's absolutely this idea of relationships they are foundational to what we are doing Nothing happens without a relationship built on all sides. In our sector, we hear about access all the time. Make sure that there's access. We have to find where there's not access and make sure that there is access. And that is vitally important, but it's not the end of the sentence. It's the beginning of the sentence because you might know how to get to an institution, but do you, are you welcome? Do you know where you should be going? Do you know how to get the most out of it? And what we do here at communities and schools is build on those relationships. As Ms. Ware was saying, they are foundational to both student learning, but to ensuring that we are making the greatest impact we can in our schools with our community partners. You heard Therese talk about those relationships and asking students how they're doing and making sure that students are aware that these, these tutors that are in front of them care about them. Yes, they care about math, 
but they care about you, young person. And without these foundational relationships, these, these connections just, they are not as impactful or meaningful. And I think all of our partners would agree that um, CIS strives to make sure that those relationships are built and ongoing and allow for years and years of impact to come. Uh, Therese Marski, how well equipped, well prepared are the schools for accepting the kind of help that's being offered to them? Well, there, there are some hurdles um, to get started. And actually, I, I have to thank communities and schools because when I, when I first started um, as a program coordinator, I, you know, you can reach out to schools and say, hey, I have this program. But unless you have somebody there like behind you, supporting you, saying, you might really want to look at math motivators or, or telling me, Therese, you should connect with this particular person in the school. That was the way that I was able to build my program is, is um, working with communities in school and finding out who their school partners are. Now, some schools, they just um, are understaffed and they can't, they can't even have the time to sort of bring our program into the school. So realizing that over the last year, we developed a, a virtual tutoring center. So the schools just need to let the families know that it's available and they can work directly with us to get their students signed up for one-on-one -on -one virtual tutoring in the evenings. And that was a way that we felt we could reach more students in the city because we don't have to um, try and go through some of the administrative hurdles that take place trying to get you know, the school to run the program there when they have so many other things on their plates to do. Um, was that, uh, uh, I mean, setting up something that's uh totally virtual is not, you don't wave a magic wand and have that happen. Was this a case where math motivators had to create a new infrastructure or a new budget for something? Well, we obviously, when everything went, um, um, when the school shut down, we still wanted to provide our programming. We had never done virtual programming before. So we started small and um, we ran some small programs and then, um, we um, saw that it was working and decided to, you know, expand it and offer, I think the, the hardest part for us, once we, we understood how to do the virtual part, the, the harder part for us was developing sort of the administrative uh, steps, you know, to, to reach out to the schools, emailing the parents, calling the parents if the students don't show up. Those were things that we had never done before. We, we didn't connect directly with families before. So we had to sort of develop a whole new scheme of how we were going to do that. Um, Robin Kelsch, another thing that I want to talk about is, is the mental health challenges and what kinds of work that uh, CIS uh, in Chicago has to uh, has to do because coming back has been difficult for a lot of students. Uh, some of them may not have been in school for, uh, for a long time, but even then you develop, I think, habits <laughs> when you're at home that uh, you have to undo. How much of a challenge has that been? Yeah, I, certainly that need is great, right? And we see it uh, in, in, in all of our schools, I would say, that that need has been rising. 
And, and we're rising to meet that challenge. And one of the ways that we are doing that is by making sure that all of our community partners, regardless of their content, are aware of the importance of foundationally laying that social emotional learning groundwork to ensure that the program is not just coming in to deliver a content, but that it's working to make relevant connections for young people to help them self-actualize and realize for themselves how they are able to then move through this world with a better um, SEL IQ, if you will, um, and working to make sure that that is going on throughout all of our programs. And one way we do ensure that that happens is through something that we call Navigate. And that's really our training and convening series for our community partners, where we work to take feedback from both our own observations, from folks like Therese saying, hey, we're struggling with this, um, from our schools that are saying, hey, we're seeing this. And we respond by designing trainings and convening and collaborative opportunities to help improve that for our partners so that the schools are getting what they need, that students are getting the support they need, both in the content areas that our community partners are coming into schools with, but with their own ability to ensure that they are laying that important groundwork for positive mental health and for great social emotional learning. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about resources for schools with Robin Kelsch, Senior Director of Partnerships for Communities and Schools of Chicago, uh, Yolanda Ware, School Counselor and Site Coordinator for Henderson Elementary School, and Therese Marski, Program Coordinator for Math Motivators. And uh, Therese, uh, a lot of the, uh, the tutoring uh, that your your people probably have to do is probably a lot of remedial things about having to go back and pick up the building blocks uh, of uh, of math and such. Um, how much of that has to go on, and how do you how do your tutors do that without the kids getting frustrated or uh, you know or discouraged that these things that you know are maybe a grade or two behind them have to be relearned? Well, first of all, we just, we, we stress that our tutors should let them know that it's okay, that it doesn't have to come natural. Actually, math is, is a subject that, that you should struggle with. It, it's something you learn by making mistakes in math. And I think that that is something that they really do not know, that um, it is actually a-okay to go slow in math and to make mistakes in math because that's how you actually learn it. So we, we, we try and um, let our tutors know to communicate that to the students. And then they're just like, oh, it's okay, it's okay you know, and, and it's okay for me to ask a lot of questions and it's okay for me to struggle. And one of the things I really like best is when, you know, the tutors will say, well, I'm not sure if I remember how to teach this particular thing to the student. And I say, that's okay. If you struggle together to learn it, they'll understand that that's, that's okay, that you can look things up together and show them where they can look things up to find the answer. So um, it's really just going slow, um, building trusting relationships where they know they can ask questions and make mistakes. That's, that's like really the core of it. And in the meantime, yes, also let's get them confident in math and, and get them to a higher level. Uh, Robin Kelsch, do you, is it work to build trusting relationships with the various schools? Uh, you know, do you do you have to? Does it, is it a selling job? Do you have to tell people, wait, we can really help, or or is it uh, you know that people are just waiting at the door for you to to arrive? 
Uh, I, you know, it's a little bit of both. I, I don't. I think once people understand what I'm after, which is which is genuinely supporting their work, um, then they're with it. But there's always a sense of what's the catch, right? That I spend most of my days telling people there is no catch. We are here literally to support you. And so I think once our schools see that, even at their first time of saying, all right, let's try this out. Here's the thing that we need. We need support here. And we're able to say, great, here's an opportunity for you. And then have that thing come to fruition. Then they understand and really believe and trust that there is no catch. I'm, I'm not waiting to send send a bill or ask something of you other than to engage with us so that we can make sure that we're meeting your needs. You know, I think part of what we do is, is for both our community partners and our school partners is take that moment in all of our days where you say, it would be great if I had an SEL program to support my third graders. Gosh, that would be great. And then life takes over. And as Ms. Ware can attest to, like something else came in, in on her plate and she had to address it. We take that moment from I wish I wonder into action. Instead of I wish I wonder into the nebulous ethos of the world, there's a place to go. There's a person to reach out to who's waiting for you to ask that question. And to Teresa's point, I love that she talked about struggling alongside a student and allowing that to be part of the process. I'd say as, as, as partnership specialists, as folks that are out there building relationships, we don't always have the answer. But what we can absolutely guarantee is we will be there to answer the call. I might not be able to spit that back out, but you can be sure that we are unwavering in our commitment to making sure that everybody has the tools and resources they need to serve students. Because at the end of the day, that's what all of us are here to do. We are here to impact positively the young people in Chicago, and we just do it better together. How do you um, either choose the partners or, 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 I mean, do you have to seek out uh, partners, do the schools come to you with that request? I wish I had. And what are the what are the surprising ones? What are the things where you've had to say, "Ooh, we better get on that when you start hearing the requests? Yeah, there are some specific ones sometimes I'll say, but for in large part, our, our best recruitment tool for finding new partner schools is our current partner schools. Miss um, Ware has regular meetings with like her network of counselors. And as they're sharing resources and trying to ensure that they're being the best they can for students, she'll get asked like, where did you get all these programs from? And she'll say, communities and schools of Chicago, you got to reach out, you got to start establishing that relationship. Um, in terms of like needs that have come up that I was like, okay, that's really specific. Um, I, I haven't had this come up, but I will tell you the example that I use. It has come up, it's in, it's in CIS folklore, but that somebody wanted something really specific around crafting, around basket weaving. And we had community partners that were doing arts. We had community partners that were, and so that's where we're able to then provide that direct information to a community partner and say, hey, you do something similar to this. I have a school that needs this thing. Can you pivot a little bit to make this happen? And their community partners are like, oh yes, thank you for telling us because they are willing, able and ready to tailor their program to meet the varied needs of the schools they're serving. So I'll have to think more about like another wacky request, but uh, as things come up, you know, we don't bat an eye. If that's what a school says they need, we will get to work to finding it and making sure that that school is able to get the resources to serve those students. But do you notice trends among the schools of where things that may not have been requested so much before are being requested now? And, and I, I also would be interested to hear if, if, Therese, if you get feedback from schools and students, uh, 
you know, and, and staff at schools that say, could you do a little more on, on, on this, like high tech stuff or, you know, I don't know, coding, not maybe not coding, but something else. Yeah, I, I'll start. I mean, I think what we saw uh, in terms of trends and where schools are prioritizing needs, um, we regularly see a high need around anti-bullying and diversity uh, tolerance and education and cultural awareness and responsiveness. Um, that really is, speaks to a lot of what schools are working to improve as their, their culture and climate, right? Um, but this school year in particular, I'm sure Therese will not be surprised to hear, we're hearing a lot of needs around academic enrichment, um, tutoring in particular. And then uh, through the pandemic, we've seen a rise in needs around um, just fundamental basic needs items. So uh, while we work to, to meet the full swath of what our schools need, we certainly lean to and look to our partnerships like those with math motivators to say, how much more can we build your capacity because we've got schools that really need you. <laughs> Therese Marski, uh, talk a little bit about that. What are you? What are the things that you're hearing, and what are you being asked to do? Well, more? Uh, mostly they're just saying, "Can we do it for more grades?" Because <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll start small. Because I have to get the volunteers. I don't want to overpromise that we can, you know, bring in all these volunteers. So I'll say, "Let Let's start." You know, I'll try and and we can work with twenty students or whatever. And then you know we get going and said, "Well, can we do it now?" So for eighth grade or um, just this year. We've been working with the school um, for the last three years, just providing um, tutoring for their math coursework. This year they said, and I was expecting that's what we're gonna do. And they said, no, 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 we wanna pivot. And we wanna, we, our eighth graders need to practice for the high school entrance exam. We really need these kids because it's coming up in like late October and they are not ready. So instead of, so we sort of were scrapping like what we originally were going to plan to do, and we're going to bring in tutors to help the eighth graders get ready for the high school entrance exam. So um, it's, it's just a partnership with the schools, um, listening to what the teachers need and, you know, trying to pivot to, to bring more of those services to them. It's, uh, we should also talk about uh, public safety because uh, among the kinds of uh, volunteer groups, uh, Robin Kalsch, that you, you have, the Illinois Coalition for Handgun Violence, I guess I remember a time when you wouldn't even thought that was something that was needed at a school, but it is. And how much do you have to deal with the, uh, the public safety issues at schools and how difficult is that to deal with? Yeah, I, I think about it from a student's perspective. If I think about a young person who's now gone through a pandemic, um, needs to get back into the school building, and instead of having a feeling of safety, they have a feeling of fear, um, that that brings me to action, right? That's, that's my call. Um, and so I think that the way that we think about that and combat that at CIS of Chicago is by leaning on, on our partners and the village really to say, you know, the village being like, it takes a village, right? Because we're not gonna solve these problems in silos. You can hear CEO Pedro Martinez talk about this. You hear the mayor talking about this. There is real effort and, and work being done on all spectrums through the city to ensure that what I just described as a young person being afraid to go to school is not the reality for anymore, right? No, nobody wants that. And, and because of our ability to bring people together, um, our community partners are on the same page. We are in lockstep with what's really this army of community organizations and people that are there to support the young folks in Chicago. 
Chicago and the full school community, those parents, those staff. It really takes all of us to do this work. And so um, we do it by, by making sure that students have engagement, that they know that there are outlets, that they can see that there are other ways to express themselves and ensure that they have somewhere to be, somewhere to go, and something to hold on to that keeps them from making choices that could be harmful to themselves or others. I do want to ask uh, also about, uh, well, let me let me ask, we, because now we only have about a minute, um, mm -hmm. the wish, if you can get anything from the village, from your, 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 your partners, what would you want? First you, Therese, very quickly, and then Robin. We, we need more volunteers. I mean, the only thing that's holding us back to, to helping more schools um, is, is volunteers. So if you're listening and you love math and you'd love to be a mentor to these young adults and a role model, um, please um, look up Math Motivators and um, you can get in contact with me because that is truly the only thing holding us back from, from working with more students in the city. And Robin, what is your uh, wish from the, from the, the, the <laughs> 10,000 foot level? Yeah, it's not that different from what Teresa's saying. I'd say, you know, just in this conversation alone, I believe that listeners have heard things that they see themselves in. They can remember what it feels like walking to school. They remember that that teacher that really inspired them or that partner that came in and gave them an experience that they never thought they could have, right? I know for myself, there were many pivotal moments through my school that, that those were moments for. And you don't have to be a part of a, a, an organization to do good and to give back. And it can start in your own community. It can start in your own home. So my, my wish is that anybody listening, anybody that, that, that cares about young people, takes this moment and this is your call to action. Volunteer for Math Motivators. Figure out where your, your energy and your passions and your superpowers are and find a way to give those back to the young people that need you because they need you now more than ever. That's gonna be the final word. Thank you, Robin Kelsch, Senior Director of Partnerships for Communities and Schools of Chicago. Also thanks to uh, Therese Marski, Program Coordinator for Math Motivators, and Yolanda Ware, School Counselor and Site Coordinator for Henderson Elementary School. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, 105.9 WBBM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 